Welcome to an episode of Find Your Voice, a movement led by yours truly, Aaron Dew, a guy who has overcome crippling anxiety, adversity, and difficulty like so many of you in life, whose main goal now is to help you combat your excuses, take control of your life, write your own story, and most importantly, find your voice. So now, without further ado, I welcome the host of the show himself, Mr. Aaron Dew. What's going on, people? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Find Your Voice. My name is Aaron, and as always, I am the host of the show. So you can probably tell again I have a cold, and it just doesn't seem to be going away. So if you have just joined this podcast and you've just kind of come across a guy who sounds out of breath, he's a bit nasally, well, yep, that is me. But hopefully that would disappear. And if you listen to the previous episodes, and hopefully moving forward, you're going to see somebody who sounds just a little bit clearer. (laughs) At least I hope. Anyway, back to this show. This show was absolutely fantastic because it was with a guy called Nate Bailey, who some of you may actually know. Now, I've been following Nate for a while on Instagram and we connected a few months ago, actually. And I've just been looking at some of his work because one of the things I want to do on this show is that I bring on authentic guests because it's very easy in social media to kind of portray an image or try and be somebody that you're not. And I'm sure many of you have seen these fake entrepreneurs or these people who supposedly call themselves coaches but don't really practice what they preach. And one of the things I would say about Nate, especially having interviewed him but also researched him, is he is a man of integrity. He is a man who says exactly what he is going to do and then he goes and does it, which I absolutely love. That's one of the characteristics that I look for in somebody. Integrity is huge for me. So Nate has that in abundance. He gives some incredible knowledge drops in this episode. He's a man who doesn't really kind of beat around the bush. He kind of is very concise in his message and hopefully you're going to find that really, really useful. Another thing I just want to say before we start this interview is I had to change my mic. So I brought a new mic because I've kind of upgraded my uh, setup here. And one of the things I recognize with this mic is that when I get excited and I speak to a guest and I, I kind of jump around or they say something amazing, my mouth kind of moves away from the microphone. And as a result of it, there are certain areas in the audio quality which kind of dip and then some of them kind of excite you. So just bear with me. It's a bit of a roller coaster ride. I'm trying to get used to keeping my head in one place. I might actually have to sellotape my head into place because I do find that it does kind of move a hell of a lot. But uh, that's enough about my head and that's enough about my cold. Let's now jump into this incredible interview with Nate Bailey. Okay, so I would like to welcome Nate Bailey on today's episode of Find Your Voice. Nate, how are we doing today, my friend? I'm great, man. It's good to be here. I appreciate you having me. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. So, Nate, I've been doing a bit of a stalking, actually, on your profile, and I've noticed that you're doing quite a few things, actually. So, uh, not only are you a speaker, you're an author, you're a coach, you're also a fellow podcaster, and I actually just recently realized that you're into real estate as well. So, there's quite a few things that we have in common, which is really interesting. But um, more so, what I want you to do, if you wouldn't mind, is kind of give the listeners a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your story, and what brings you here today on Find Your Voice. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, a little bit of background. I guess I, I'll kind of go back to my college days. Was a was an athlete and uh, played college football. And then shortly after that, in college, I met my wife, who I've been currently married to for um, better get this right, but it's been eighteen <laughs> years. <laughs> Fantastic. Eighteen years we've been married, and 
uh, we have three three kids, 11, nine, and seven. And um, shortly after playing college football, I finished up and was kind of looking for that next challenge. Decided to join the, the Army, the U.S. Army, and um, became a leader there. I've always gravitated towards being a leader, towards impacting and leading and guiding others as I look back on my life. And uh, got out of school, uh, was trying to figure out what I was going to do, had a teaching degree, did some teaching, did some coaching at, at different levels, high school, college, and, and then ultimately uh, was in, in the insurance business for a long time, for about 14 years. Got deployed to Kuwait, so I was deployed away from my wife. We hadn't had kids quite yet. Came back, and you know, from the outside looking in, things were great. Like looked like it was successful, but really on the inside, when I transitioned back home from deployment, um, didn't come back into my marriage and reconnect like we really needed to. And then we had kids, and that just kind of amplified a lot of the problems we had. It was, like you said, a real estate investment. I got, I got into that, and, and still have quite a few properties across the country owned a CrossFit gym, owned an insurance business, just wasn't doing anything really great, was was neglecting my body, you know, wasn't doing great in, in, inside of my relationships and, and and came to a breaking point around about five years ago where I was just like, this is not working. This is not what I want. There's got to be more to life. Like it's got got to be able to, to figure this out, but I didn't know how to, right? I've been trying to figure it out on my own for a long time. And so that's the journey that I started taking to, investing in myself and investing in other coaches and mentors and, and then ultimately leading me down to the path where I'm at today for the last few years. So my business, you know, got things, got things right inside of my marriage and, and showing up um, like I needed to for my kids and, and started really going to work on my, on my body and, and just really all, all areas of life and, and, and the, tr- the transition or the transformation, if you will, over the last five years is, has been great. But um and now I get to do that for others, right? Now I'm using all the experiences that I've had um, through everything that I've done to help others like myself to do the same thing, like just to level up, to to get to where they want to go a little bit faster, to give them a path that, that I've figured out um, to help them to just live live the life that they really want to live. And so that's really what I get to do every day. Like I said, through my podcast, uh, meeting and talking to people like yourself, uh, writing books coaching, uh, speaking, just everything that I love to do, but it's all aligned towards really one mission of impacting men and women and helping them um, to be successful in their life, whatever that looks like for them. Absolutely. I love that. Thank you for sharing that, by the way. So there's a couple of things that I want to kind of pick out of that story, if I may. So I'm always interested in people who have obviously served because there is, um, it's becoming, I suppose, more prominent now in society, especially with like post-traumatic stress disorder and just the impact that it really takes away, not just from being away from your family, but also what you kind of see, I suppose, on the other side. And the reason I ask this is because last night we were doing a separate men's health podcast. And one of the gentlemen who joined our show, he openly admitted to really struggling. And when he came back, he just found it so difficult to kind of just kind of pick up where you left off, I suppose. And I think you just uh, honestly um, gave an account of that yourself, where you said, obviously, amplify the problems. And it was quite difficult coming back. If you wouldn't mind, can we just kind of look slightly into that and just kind of explain from your experience how it was coming back? I mean, obviously, I don't want to dive into your marriage or status here, but it's just more about your mindset and how you came back from being uh, deployed away almost back to being a civilian and how that really impacted you in terms of your mindset. And then obviously, then we can move it forward towards your purpose of what you're doing now, which is absolutely fantastic. 
Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I was, I was still young. I'm 43 today. It was, uh, I turned 30 when I was deployed in Kuwait. As far as, you know, what I saw, I mean, we were, we, we had a pretty safe mission, you know, Kuwait, there was no combat going on, but not, not too far away in Iraq is where everything was happening. But it was still a tough transition from the, from the part of like, we were away from home for 15 months, which is kind of a long time when you're just doing the same thing over and over again. And you'd much rather be home than, than in, in Kuwait in, in the middle of a desert, um, you know, doing camp security on one of the bases out there. And so there was a lot of time to just sit and think and think about what you're going to do when you get home. And, and so there's, there's this big sense of like, you're missing out on a lot. And so when you get home, you want to make up for lost time. And it's really from a, a very selfish standpoint, or at least it was for me looking back, right? Like, and that's kind of what I was alluding to with my wife is I just, uh, when I came back, I, it was really kind of all about me. Like, hey, I've been gone for 15 months. Like, you know, I I deserve to to like do whatever, right? Not great with the money that, you know, spending the money that I had, um, not doing a great job reconnecting with my wife, not thinking that that was even necessary right just mm-hmm. a lot of things that i didn't know or that i didn't understand in that moment and and a lot of entitlement and wanting to make up for lost time and and um and so it just it it, it wasn't the best way to come back looking back and um but it, but i guess you learn from those experiences and you know i was i was what i would say still young but i was a platoon leader and i i was leading a lot of guys way younger than me and so if you can imagine if it was hard for me as a 30 year old to come back, you know, uh, in my eyes, a mature man <laughs> had a business, was married. A lot of these guys, like they didn't have, you know, really any responsibilities to come back to. They, they were still like, just, just barely getting out of high school. And, uh, and so, you know, you could see how whatever was going on for me could, it, could it easily amplify for guys like that. So yeah, it's a, it's a tough transition. They don't, really do a great job of talking to you about that, or at least they didn't then. Um, I think looking back, some of that could have definitely helped uh, from a mental aspect of, of coming back into society. Um, you know, you come back from, from deployment, very regimented and, and uh, very strict as far as like some of the liberties that you have as far as, and then you come back and, and you try and make up for lost time, right? All at, all at once or all in a short amount of time. And that can be very destructive. Absolutely. Well, uh, firstly, I appreciate your honesty there because um, although you were a mature man, like you said there, using your words, there's actually no real age limit on, you know, when we're supposed to have it all figured out. So I think that's just kind of how society kind of puts it upon us. But um, that selfish aspect, I think it's interesting because I think if, if it was myself, I'd probably have that same kind of mindset thinking, listen, I've been away for X amount of years. But what we tend to forget is those people that we left behind, they're also going through this with you although not necessarily there with you so that's really really interesting to think about absolutely yeah absolutely and then just on that as well then and then segueing back to what you started with so at one point now you started to think there's got to be more to life than this and you know you're trying to figure this out and you're trying to understand where you I suppose you fitted into this world and that's kind of where you found your current path now which is to basically help men and women in terms of leveling up and giving them a path so if you wouldn't mind could you just try and give us a little bit of an insight into that and obviously I think you having all that experience and having that 
honesty and authenticity in terms of saying, listen, I never had it all figured out. I struggled here. I came from this and I was actually acting up in probably not the best way. I think that's going to definitely help the people that you work with. But could you just give us a bit of clarity into the kind of work that you do and kind of the the things that I suppose maybe the listeners could maybe take away today as a sort of tangible takeaway? Yeah, well, I, uh, you know, going back to, I, I didn't even really know that there was a world of coaching that existed out there, that, the, that there were places that you could go to for that help. I really came across it by, by accident through Facebook, um, yeah, some, some wonderful marketing and uh, that, that really pulled me in and it was like, <laughs> wow, this is exactly what I need um, from somebody that's, that, that has been down a similar path as me and, and is where I want to go. And so I, I, I did that. I went, I jumped all in. It was a significant investment for myself, especially at the time. And, and, um, but like, I was just super intentional about figuring it out and riding the ship and creating the life that, that I really did want. I mean, you know, there's never, there's no perfect, right. And Absolutely. there's always going to be things that you will have to deal with in life. And, you know, you could get your marriage to a great place and yet there's still going to be conflict and things like that. And, uh, but that's, that's okay. Right. It's just, it's just recognizing that that is the case and then being equipped to be able to handle it differently or better uh, moving forward. And so that's what it's really all about is just being super intentional in my life, not being casual, like really taking some responsibility for some of the things that had happened to me. And then, you know, once I was finally able to get, get to a certain point myself, just, just realizing, like, I remember as a kid when, when speakers would come to school and how, how awesome I thought that, that was. And, and, and remember kind of in the back of my mind that they'd be cool to do that. And then, you know, being a, a leader and officer in the army and, and a coach, uh, in athletics and a teacher and business owner, um, like just all signs are pointing to, you know, I, I love impacting people, leading people. And, and when I found out that like, Hey, I could, I could help others do what I did and, and that are going through the same things or similar struggles that I did, uh, with the experiences that I had that I could help them out. Um, you know, I've been able to figure that out for myself and make it a reality to where this is actually exactly what I do every single day. And, and it really just comes down to getting clear on what it is that you want. You know, five years ago, I knew that what I didn't want, I, I didn't want what I had. I was really overweight. I was struggling in my marriage. I wasn't showing up uh, great for my kids. Like I needed to be, you know, in business, I had businesses, but I was really kind of scattered. And so getting that focus and, and taking some time to really sit down and figure out what is it that I want? And so that would be a big thing for the listeners. It's just like most people, when you ask that question, they really don't have any idea. They, not a lot of people take time. And today we're, it's a busy life. It's fast paced. You know, you got social media, you got the news, you, you know, you go to Amazon and you, you can, you want something, you could just go buy it and get it like basically without having to do anything. Um, so there's a lot of instant gratification. So we want a lot of things right here, right now. And so we're constantly moving and distracted and our intentions go in a million different places. So people don't take the time to be intentional and sit down and create some space for themselves so that they can get clear on what they want. Uh, because without that clarity on what you want, why it matters, you can't create a plan to go get it because you don't even know what it is. And, and that's the important part is to have this plan to be intentional um, in all areas of life, like it's not, it is simple. It's not easy, but it does take some work 
And so that's the biggest thing for me. It'd be like, just get some massive clarity. Clarity is power. So the clearer you are, the clearer a person is on where they're going and what they want. Those are the guys that are out winning and living the life that, that a lot of people say they would like to, but aren't doing anything about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that phrase, by the way, super intentional about figuring it out, because I think that's one of the things that you've obviously demonstrated to get to where you are now and taking responsibility as well. And then obviously for the listeners there, clarity is key because I think, as you just said that earlier, you were like, we never really ask ourselves that question, do we? We never really sit there and actually think, what do I actually want? Um, And it's it's funny because it's such a simple question. And when you say it, you almost feel stupid that you haven't thought of that. But I suppose society kind of almost makes us the way society wants us to be, i.e. we go to school, we go to university or college, and then we go get a wife and then we, we get married and we have that picket fence and it's kind of like all already pre-planned for us but really we've never really kind of stood there and thought actually I don't want any of that and that's kind of I suppose find your voice um in, in a nutshell really because find find your voice is a metaphor it's for finding your way in life and that can be whatever means it is but it is about finding your voice your way because it's not what your parents want you to do or what your spouse or what your siblings want you to do it's about actually understanding who you are as a person who you're not as a person and then going out and really trying to find you know what you're supposed to be doing in the world and it just feels that now like you were saying you you saw yourself as a child looking up and seeing these speakers and seeing the impact that they had and now you're doing that as well so you've kind of made your your I suppose dreams a, a reality and that will only really come with clarity with being intentional about your your movements, your decisions in, 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 on a daily basis. So I really love that. I think it's such a it's such a simple answer, like you said. But but again, I mean, is it easy? No, it's going to take a lot of work. It's not one of those things that you know you simply wish it into into the atmosphere, like you mentioned with the whole instant gratification. It's something that takes a lot of work. But I think being intentional and just having that clarity there is massively going to help. So thank you for sharing that. And just on that, then, so you're now living this reality. You're now living. I, I, I suppose a, a good life hopefully a, a very good life or one that at least you're working towards could you maybe mm-hmm. give us a, a day in the life of Nate Bailey just in terms of your routine and the reason I always ask this question is because I like to pick out certain traits from successful people where I think actually I like that let me just give that a shot because I don't want to overwhelm listeners by saying you must do x y and z but what I want them to do walk away after this episode is to say actually I liked what the last guest said, but actually what Nate said sounds a bit more up my street. So what I might do is just adopt that approach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you bet. So, I mean, we have inside of our coaching program and we have an event called immersion, but we teach and we live like, right. Whatever I, whatever I teach or coach, I, as a coach feel the responsibility to have to live that to the highest level. Right. Love that. If I'm going to teach it, I've got to, I, I must live it. And so we have what we call the big four. So the big four is physical, spiritual, relational, financial, right? They're kind of the main areas of your life. And every single day um, there's actions that matter inside of the big four that I make sure that I hit to give me really some power, some momentum in my day so that I can go out and really crush the big goals and targets that I have. So every single day I make sure that I, I work out, you know, did you sweat? So Every day I work out, I typically get up at about 5 a.m. and I go to the gym and I just go right to the gym. Like I know that if I don't get it done early, there's too many opportunities for (laughs) other things to pop up during the day once we get busy uh, that we could justify 
you know, not working out, right? Because of everything else that happens throughout our day that we can't foresee. And so I'll just get that out of the way because it's so important to me. It's so important to us and our body. You feel so good. You get the blood pumping. You get moving right away in the morning and it just sets your day up. And so I always work out right away in the morning. Um, you know, did you invest? I invest in the relationships that matter to me the most. You know, my my kids and my wife first and foremost. And then of course, any other family members or, or, you know, we all have the thought of like, man, I should call this person. I haven't called them in a while. And a lot of times we just kind of neglect that voice and like, I'll do it tomorrow. And then, you know, months later, we still haven't reached out to that person. So whenever I have that thought, I just, I just learned to listen and send a quick message. Like, Hey, I've been thinking about you. Like let's connect. Or I just appreciate you, you know, in our friendship, just a, simple short messages to invest in relationships that matter to me uh the next is did you connect like uh, um i meditate every day i just it's so important to me my body's in tune with it my body tells me by now i've been doing it for so long so consistently that i know when it's time to meditate because it, it creates that space for me it reduces stress and it allows me to be more productive throughout the day when i do meditate so Every single day, I'll meditate for at least 20 minutes. And then the other piece is to, uh, did I create? And so I'll make sure that I study something. I'm always reading or listening to something. And then I don't just read or listen to it. I actually take whatever I've learned. I don't study for time, just for content, right? For something new that I haven't heard before. And then and then I teach it. So I'll, I'll, I'll do podcasts. <laughs> I send emails to uh, people on my list. I, and I make posts on you know Facebook and, and IG, and I just share what I've learned and tell a story about it. Uh, so th- those four things, you know, really the longest part of that is the workout. You know, typically, sometimes I work out for an hour or two a day, depending on what I'm training for. Um, but I can send a message to a friend or family member in 30 seconds. I can read uh, some something or listen to something for 10 or 15 minutes, and then go teach that really quick. And then meditation, like I say. Uh, about 20 minutes every day i love that i love that so there's quite a few things there that you actually mentioned that a lot of successful people do such as looking after your mind and looking after your body through your gym and your meditation i love the second one that you said it was when you said invest and initially i thought you're investing in property but actually you're investing in something a lot more important than property which is your friends and family and just that simple message of just sending somebody i was thinking about you today or i appreciate you i think that's such a beautiful trait and I actually did that I did it as an experiment about nine months ago and I don't know why I stopped to be honest because when I think back now and as you said that yeah. I was in such a great place because not only do you feel great but you make other feel other people feel great as well and, and it's such a brilliant lesson that I think if anyone just you want to take one thing from away from this episode is just to do that just to tell the people in your life that you know you appreciate them because life is short and you know as the cliche goes and you just want people to know that they're, they're appreciated so I love that I also want to ask then, Nate, so you you were talking about creating and obviously you read, listen, and then obviously you teach it. And now you're a full-time coach and you're doing incredible things. Have you ever suffered with imposter syndrome? Um, Yeah, like uh, this this feeling of like unworthiness, basically. Is that what you mean? Yeah, in terms of obviously you're going into a sector where there's people who, you know, I I believe especially a lot of coaches, they're kind of, fabricate their results and some of them yeah. have obviously you know they've added zeros to their bank accounts x y and z so it's kind of like that feeling of stepping in there and almost feeling like a fraud even though you may have all the characteristics and all the necessary skills to help people i suppose it's just a kind of like internal psychological pattern that, that we kind of go yeah, totally. through 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. I think I think we all as humans uh, struggle with that. It's in some form or fashion. Um, and I've just, you know, I mean, that's that's some of the things that we teach and talk about really inside of our programs is just imposter syndrome. It's nothing more than a thought, right? To its most basic form. It's a thought that you have about like how you might be a fraud, like you said, or you're not worthy or you're not good enough, or who am I to think that I, I could do this? Um, you, you know, it's like, yeah, you know, this person over here, it's, it's good. Like they can do it, but, but I can't, right? Like what makes me think I can't, it, it, all that is, is a thought and thoughts aren't even, re- they're not real, right? We can't touch it. We can't grab it. It's just something that happens inside of it. It's not real. And every time we, and typically, especially when you're talking about imposter syndrome, it's a thought that that isn't real. It's just, it's made up. Like we are just programmed for whatever reason to, to have many thoughts of like worst case scenarios that never happen. 99.9% of the time, it's not even true. And so, but we allow those thoughts to dictate our life, right? To dictate how we show up and how we act. And, and it keeps you, it could keep me from being an incredible coach. So when I have those thoughts, I just recognize them and I just, push them off to the side because it's not even true. Right. And like, who cares? <laughs> um, some, I don't care. I used to care a lot about what other people thought about me and that would hope that would keep me from living the life that I really want. And that doesn't serve me. Right. Again, it comes back to what I'm, I'm clear about what I want. And if I, if I'm clear about what I want and that's really what I want. And when I have this thought that says like, you can't do that. I just be like, well, I don't, care about you thought like get out of here because i'm clear that i do want this and i'm going to go do what's required to get it absolutely yeah i love that so again it kind of goes back to the clarity thing so it's about we always get these thoughts what we need to do is recognize does this actually align with where we want to be in the world is this congruent with the, the stuff that we're trying to do and the stuff that we're trying to achieve and obviously if it's not then that's something that we need to just like you said, push it aside. And I'm playing devil's advocate here, by the way, um, Nate, because I'm, I know you're good at what you do and you're, you're a coach. But just for regular people, and even myself, sometimes it's so difficult to kind of change the station in your in your head because that thought becomes empowering, it becomes consuming. It could also be said by somebody important in your life and then that obviously holds higher weight, if that makes sense. Is it just as simple as pushing it to the side and then maybe reaffirming it with, positive thoughts or is there anything that somebody who's thinking it's not as simple as that i can't just get rid of that thought because it's lingering in the back of my head yeah i mean i i totally understand what you're saying there's a lot of people that have lived that way for so long or they're just so pro hardwired and programmed that it, it it takes time to to rewire your brain if you will right rewire how you show up in life and again it, it does come back to being intentional i think what a very powerful question when that happens you know, if, you, if you're looking for something just like super simple and powerful that could help you, it would be like, what do I really want? Or what do I truly want? When you have that thought, like just ask yourself in that moment, like, well, what do I want? And typically what you want is in direct opposition to the thought, right? The thought's trying to kind of hold you back and keep you playing safe and comfortable. And what you want like forces you to have to get a bit uncomfortable and step into something that, that you, that you, with some resistance, right? There's, there's a lot of feelings and emotions around that. And so, you know, again, coming back to clarity, what do you want? Well, this is what I want. All right. Well then I guess I'm going <laughs> to, it doesn't matter what that thought is. Like if I really want to get this, if I'm really truly committed, 
to it, then I'm going to do it in spite of the thoughts, feelings, emotions, and moods. There's a great book by Byron Katie uh, called Loving What Is, or Love What Is, or something like that, Loving What Is, I think. Anyways, um, she has a process that, that would help if people wanted to listen to that. We have other sim, sim, uh, similar tools and, that we use with our clients to help them to process through these thoughts so that they can come back to, to get back on track to what it is that they want. But, um, you know, for the, for the purposes of this podcast and our time, you know, it would just be to ask yourself this question, you know, what do I really want? What do I really want in this situation when you have that thought? I love that. I love that. Yes. Yeah, so, that absolutely. That's something that obviously people can just imprint in the back of their heads now. So next time you do get that overwhelming feeling or you do kind of feel maybe like an imposter or, or a thought comes in your head and you're thinking this isn't serving me, then ask yourself, really sit down and have that conversation with yourself. What do I really want? And I will also add Loving What Is by Byron Katie to the show notes as well for anyone that's interested. And I've just had a quick Google search and it's got some incredible reviews. So thank you for sharing that as well, Nate. I appreciate that. Um, brilliant. So, okay, so you've you've obviously got quite a colourful career in terms of um, the army, your entrepreneurial success, your real estate, your coaching. Your biography is fantastic, by the way. So um, especially considering you're 43 and you did say 43 today. Is that just your general age or is it your actual birthday today, by the way? No, no, it's just what I, it's just my age. Okay, yeah, fantastic. I, I thought it was your actual birthday. Um, that's fine. So one of the things I want to ask you then is now that you're kind of at least got the techniques and the tips and tricks to kind of control your thoughts and you've had quite a fair bit of life experience. If you wouldn't mind, if you could maybe take us back on a little journey and just give us a moment of adversity that you've experienced. It could be this year, it could be 10 years ago. And more importantly, what you learned from that and how you persevered through it, just to kind of give someone who may be going through something similar in terms of emotions or the actual circumstance, just to kind of give them an idea of how they could overcome it. Last year, 2018, I decided I, I wanted to run 100 miles. And so I signed up to do that and, you know, got clear on what I wanted and what was required to, to make that happen. And the first attempt in June, I, I failed. I missed a cutoff time um, by just a few minutes and they kicked me off the course. I'd ran like 64 miles, which, which was by far the furthest I'd ever ran at one time without stopping, right? So it was a big accomplishment, but yet it was, <clears throat> it was still quite a bit short of what I said that I would do. And so I was really disappointed. You know, we, we could have made the cutoff had we, we thought we had it. We thought we had time. We weren't clear on, on what the cutoff was. And, and so it was really, you know, it was disappointing uh, because I really wanted to go out and run this 100 miles. And then of course you get a lot of people from the outside being like, Oh, that's so awesome. And like patting you on the back and saying, that's incredible. Like, don't worry about it. Oh, you know, it's, it's still really cool that you did that. Like, it's okay. And I think it's very easy for a lot of us. Uh, to in life to say that we're going to do something we go about three quarters of the way and then um and then we stop or we or we don't quite make it there and then you get a lot of uh support from others that are like oh you, that's still a lot better than most people and so people just like they don't ever go all the way they don't finish and it can be a very slippery slope it can be very bad place to be in life if you just continue to like stop before you actually get to the thing that you want and then it, it can be to this point where it's just, it's unfulfilling because you're like, man, I, I can never finish it. I, I never do what I say. And when you're not a person of your word to yourself, it's really detrimental. And it can be this place where you just continually feel unfulfilled. And so <clears throat> after failing that first time, I was like, no, I got to, I got to, I said I was going to run a hundred miles. So I'm going to go do this. And 
And so I tried it again about a month and a half later and I made it about 76 miles and I just couldn't, I couldn't go any further. And so, uh, again, I'm like, why am I doing this? What am I doing this for? Like, I don't need to do this. Like 75 miles is awesome. And, and, uh, and in that moment I was just like, man, when emotion is high, clarity is low. Right. And so don't make decisions when your emotions are high and your clarity is low, like in the thing where you, you know, when you're so close to the failure or, or the thing that didn't happen the way you wanted it to take some time, create some space for yourself to get clear, like for the emotions to kind of settle down. So that, so that the clarity can, can uh, come back and like, what is it that I really wanted? And, and so even though like right in that moment, I, I wanted to be done and I wasn't going to do this again, you know, a day later, I'm like, all right, yeah, no, I said I was going to do a hundred miles. And so I'm going to do it. I'm going to finish. I want a, a person of your work. Like be the person that when you tell somebody that you're going to do something, they can just count on it. They know that it's going to happen before it happens. That's power. And that's, that's when you're in that place in your life, it, it's a great place to be. And so I did finish the third attempt, but I, I ran a hundred miles. I did it in 29 hours <clears throat> and it felt so good. You know, I would have rather done it in the first shot, but it's almost better that it didn't. Right. Just because of all the things that I was able to learn about myself and learn from those experiences. Um, but yeah, there was a ton of lessons, um, inside of that, wrote a book about it too. But, uh, you know, one of those big ones, like I said, is like when emotions high, uh, clarity is low and you see so many people act on the emotion when it's high, um, in the moment, and then they regret it afterwards. Right. But the damage is already done. I love the answer by the way. And it's weird because I think it was last last Tuesday, maybe Wednesday, I was actually writing a very, very short blog and it was actually about starting now and never quitting because I must have heard, I think it was Eric Thomas or somebody speaking about literally what you just said there. And he was talking about people just aren't finishing stuff. They're, they're starting stuff or they're getting amped and they're getting this, he called it verbal masturbation. And he says, what people do yeah. is they, they get so enthusiastic and so pumped up by the thought of just doing it or they're excusing themselves because they've got 75% of the way. And what I recognize, especially when I follow the, the top operators in the world, is they execute and they complete what they say they were going to do. A little bit like yourself. Yes, it took you three attempts. Even if it took you 300 attempts, for yeah. me to witness that, that for me shows a man of integrity and somebody who actually their actions speak louder than words. And I think we briefly touched on it earlier where we're in a society now, especially on social media, where words are cheap, in my opinion, because I see people say a lot, but do very little in the background. And I'm always a firm believer that we should watch what people do rather than what they say. And that's kind of, I suppose, what I try and do as well. But I also feel that you'll be more inspiring to people who can actually see the real truth behind your journey, that your, your actual struggle. So I love that. I'm interested in your book as well. You're more than welcome to plug that in now. Yeah, it's absolute. It's called The 100 Mile Mindset. And uh, yeah, you can just get it at 100milemindset.com. I give the free audio book away, actually. Just oh, uh, put your email in, you get the free audio version. Fantastic. Well, that, that's better for me, actually, because I try and read physical books and end up falling asleep within two minutes. So <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, know. I, I prefer audible books. So uh, absolutely, I'll definitely check that one out. So thank you. And I'll put that in the show notes for everyone as well. So yeah, we need to obviously execute. And I think just finally, just on that point as well, when we say we're going to do something, Sometimes it's not necessarily just about when you say it to somebody else and them expecting you to do it. You need to trust yourself as well because if you tell yourself you're going to go to the gym and then you don't go to the gym at five o'clock in the morning and then you repeat that on a Tuesday, on a Wednesday, on a Thursday, what you're going to start to do is starting to convince yourself that actually what you say 
and what you do are two completely different things. They're not in sync. They're not aligned. And then what's going to effectively happen is you're just not going to believe yourself. And that's a very, very dangerous place to be. So even like yourself, Nate, I don't set myself crazy challenges like the 100 miles because that, that just really <laughs> scares me thinking about it. But I do set yeah. myself kind of just, just random tasks here and there just to kind of say, okay, Aaron, once you do this, think about the feeling or how you're going to, the confidence that you're going to exclude from that. And normally when I do that, I tend to feel so much more confident in myself. I end up coming back and thinking, you said you were going to do it. You didn't want to do it, but you still did it. And that's really, really important. So uh, yeah, that's a great point, mate. And everyone check out the 100milemindset.com for a free audiobook book on uh, Nate's journey. So that's really exciting as well. Thank you for that, Nate. And moving on then. So in this precise moment, I mean, we haven't really gone deep into your mind in terms of trying to understand, obviously, the stuff that you probably experienced at one stage, but I'm... I can see and I can hear from from your words that you're in a good place in terms of controlling your emotions and controlling your state. So in this precise moment, Nate, what is your biggest fear? Um, uh, that's a good question. I think, I guess, you know, biggest fear for me is I have three kids, 11, nine and seven, like I said, and the biggest, the time just goes so fast and you don't get it back and so it's just really being present and engaged with my my kids while we have them under our home while I really have a lot of uh, influence on them right now like I'll always they'll always be a part of our life um, but you know they will go on to uh, live their own life as they should just like I have and just like everyone and so I just want to make sure that I take advantage of the time that I have with them now to really solidify uh, the relationships and also to just really set them up as, as much as possible for success. Of course, they're going to have to go out and learn and fall and fail and, and, uh, and all that on their own as well. That's an important part of life, but, but just to take advantage of the time. And so the biggest fear would be to not, to miss out on that, to, to, to have them leave the home and, and kind of look at me like, man, I don't even know who you are. Like, uh, yeah, you're my dad and yeah, you're kind of around, but you weren't really right. Like that's a fear for me. So I don't uh, want to, you know, I'm not perfect. No one's perfect, but I really try to keep that in front of mind. I love that. absolutely love that. And on that note, Nate, what we're going to do is actually go into what I like to call the fun part of the show. So if you've ever listened to this podcast before, this is a part of the show where for the next 60 to 90 seconds, I'm going to put you through your paces and just ask you the most random questions. Yeah, let's go. Okay, we're going to go in three, two, one. Okay, Nate, so what is your proudest achievement? Uh, it's, it might be, yeah, you know, it's, it's because it's probably the most recent is running 100 miles. Your favorite motivational speaker? Zig Ziglar. Absolutely. Uh, what is your favorite book? Mm, that's a tough one. One that's really been present for me is called Sacred Pace. What are you secretly good at that nobody knows? Uh, well, one thing that I haven't done in a long time that I really enjoy is uh, uh, playing basketball. I was a fairly good basketball player in, uh, growing up in high school. And it's just something I've kind of stopped doing. Okay, fantastic. Who is your biggest role model? I think of uh, his name is Dr. Wakefield, Tim Wakefield. He was a he was a, he was a great role, role model for me uh, growing up at high school. Uh, college is still a great friend today okay what would you like to be remembered for helping impacting millions of men and women's lives uh, for the better your favorite color green the ability to fly or be invisible fly money or fame money i can help a lot of people with money and finally if you could relive one day again what day would it be probably you know i guess the thought came 
the day that I came home from deployment, saw my wife for the first time after a long time. Thank you for sharing that. Okay, so we're almost at the end of the show now. So I've just got two more questions that I always like to ask my guests. Um, the first one is about reflection. So I'm a firm believer that hindsight is a wonderful thing. And upon reflection, we can always think of ways to get to where we are currently quicker, easier, or with less heartache. But I also believe the journey teaches us so much as well and that everything happens for a reason. So what I want to know is if you could go back in time to one moment where you maybe struggled or where you suffered with some level of adversity or whatever it was, but knowing everything that you know now and you could whisper something to a younger Nate, what would you say? Well, I think I talked about it a little bit, uh, would be coming back from deployment and just probably sit me down and be like, hey, just just slow down a little bit and really take a step back. And you know, it's not all about you. I love that. And finally then, so the last question I always ask my guests is about legacy. So if in 150 years time, Nate, all that exists is a book and this book is about your life and it's about everything that you've accomplished, all your ups and all your downs, literally every single thing about Nate Bailey. Firstly, what would the title of the book be? And secondly, what would the blurb at the back tell us about you? Like I had a podcast called Integrity Bank. It's actually a chapter in the book as well. And it's just all about being a, a person of reward, making daily deposits, doing the things you said you would every day. So I, w- I would probably be titled Integrity Bank and just be, uh, yeah, Nate, Nate was a man of his word. He, you know, when he said he was going to do something, you could count on it. Okay, so Nate, if you could give the listeners the best place that they can reach out to you, obviously you've mentioned the book that they can obviously download for free, but what's the best place if people want to follow your journey and give you support or maybe even use your coaching services as well? Yeah, I mean, really the, the best place would be go go get a copy of the book, 100milemindset.com. You just put your email in and once you do that, um, I, I communicate with the people that are on that list almost daily. Fantastic. Fantastic. Okay. So I will put all of the stuff in the show notes, including all of those books that Nate's mentioned as well, because I think it's really important that when we have someone who operates on a top level, that we can kind of understand why they think the way they think, because obviously that can help us move forward in our lives as well. So once again, Nate, I want to thank you for your time and taking time out of your day and sharing your story with us today on Find Your Voice. And for everyone at home, Thanks for listening. All right. Great. Appreciate it, man. And remember, this podcast is absolutely free. So all we ask in return is for you to share this with a friend and drop us a five-star review over on iTunes. Have an awesome day.